0: It's the social network, first of all, and then I love watching people succeed. I love love watching people try something hard and succeeding. We shouldn't let ourselves be limited and you shouldn't be afraid to try something. And so when I see people try, try a hard climb and a lot of times they end up succeeding, that's very rewarding to me.
1: Welcome to the Second Act Fit Pros podcast, the show where I highlight the vibrant and active lives of health and fitness professionals in their second act. I'm your host, Erin, a functional aging specialist, and I'm here to introduce you to a diverse range of professionals dedicated to empowering individuals to live well, thrive, and embrace their second act through movement and improved health. Join me as we explore the endless possibilities and opportunities in the health and fitness field. I'm talking with Arlo Niederer, a rock climbing coach at City Rock Gym in Colorado Springs. He's a retired geophysicist and has been rock climbing for 53 years. He leads the Boomer Climb Club, which is open to adults over the age of 50, and it serves as a social network for fellow climbers and a place for them to improve their climbing skills. I came across the Boomer Climbing Club after looking into various classes that City Rock Gym was offering. When I saw the Boomer Climb Club, I had to learn more and was introduced to Arlo. I was able to see the club in action. And when I got to the gym, I was watching one of the participants climbing up the wall while her friend was on the ground, belaying. And I could tell the lady that was going up the wall was making a really big effort, and it was really difficult. But the club members on the ground were coaching her, and she would reset and press forward with her climb. It was really inspiring to see someone embrace something so difficult and keep at it. It made me think of the book Comfort Crisis, which talks about the importance of doing mentally and physically challenging things so that we can explore what we are fully capable of, and that's exactly what she was doing. I talked to her after she completed the climb and she shared her story of rediscovering her love for climbing after life's demands had taken her away from it for so many years. She climbs regularly at the gym and outdoors and hikes the incline three times a week, and it's a very intense stair climb with 2,000 feet elevation gain. And as she's putting on her bike helmet to ride her bike back home, she leans over and tells me that she's turning 72 the next day. It was so inspiring. It was a reminder that the activities we love can be pursued throughout our lives. In my conversation with Arlo, we talked about how the Boomer Climb Club got started and what the participants gained from being in the club We also dive into Arlo's personal story and how he got started with rock climbing. I want to note that the first about five minutes of our conversation, the external microphone wasn't fully plugged in, so it's a little hard to hear Arlo, but the audio improves after that. We did the interview in a gym, so there is some background noise, but it doesn't take away from the interview. Here's my conversation with Arlo. Arlo, thanks so much for joining me. We're at City Rock Gym. Tell me what you do here at City Rock Gym.
0: Okay, I'm no. a uh, coach here at City Rock Gym. Coach two programs. The first one I coach is called Boomer's and that's for climbers over 50. Currently we have about 22 people that come to Boomer's on and off. Uh, about half of come almost every week. The other is come when their schedule permits it. The other class I and coaches called intro to gym climbing, which is very intro level climbing and kind of like teach them some of the basics of climbing, how to properly delay, how to boulder, how to rope climb, just to give them the feel for the gym and get them part of our family here. We like to convey what's called the cheers mindset where everybody's welcome. And so that's, uh, that's what my job is. Here.
1: I love it tell me about the boomers club and how that got started
0: okay the boomers club got started i think about eight years ago um one of the training the director of training presents here went to a conference called the climbing wall association and there was a presentation about climbing events for people for older people and I had been injured at the time and I couldn't climb for a while so when I was getting back into climbing I took a kind of a refresher course and she saw me climbing and then approached me to start up the Boomers group um, and just kind of said the people over 50 and left it in my hands to develop it. so that's how it got started.
1: Okay. Do you know why she approached you for the Boomers? Uh, she was
0: coaching this class, it's a movement class, and that teaches you climbing technique, which is kind of the foundation of uh, climbing. And she saw that I, I was a good climber. This is my 53rd year of climbing. Uh, and so based on how she saw me climbing and my disposition, I think she said, let's start this. And originally they just gave me a free membership here, but he got good feedback from people attending Boomers, so then they decided to hire me officially, and then they also had me do an entry to
1: What was the reception like when you very first started the Boomers Club? How did you get people to come? Was it well received?
0: We originally did Boomers in the mornings, like Thursday mornings, like you do now, but since it's 50 plus, a lot of people still work, are working in their 50s. And so, so the attendance was a little thin. And I told them, I said, you know, we need to move this into the evening because, because a lot of people expressed interest but they're not, I look, I can't make it then. So we moved it to 630 in the evening and we doubled the number of boomers we had. And it kept growing and eventually we had enough boomers that He started another session at 4 o'clock, so he did 4 and 6.30. And boomers was suspended during COVID. And when we started boomers back up, one of the the training director here said, we've been a lot Uh, of boomers age people coming in around 10 o'clock in the morning. Let's see if people would like to come in at 10. And so I sent out an Email. email to the people who had been boomers before and Six or seven said they could make it in the morning and they would confirm that. So now we do 10 in the morning and six in the evening.
1: Okay. What kind of people come? Are they experienced climbers? Do you get a lot of new climbers? What's the attendance like?
0: We, we have the whole gamut. We have, like I said, I've been climbing 53 years. I have one boomer who's been climbing probably 45 years. And then I have people that have just started out. One of my boomers came to enter the gym class and he goes, he really liked climbing. And so he goes, well, how do I get connected with other climbers? And I looked at him and I go, are you over 50? He goes, yeah, I'm over 50. I go, i got just the club for you. And so he started coming to boomers and uh, his climbing has progressed rapidly getting some coaching. And now, now he has this whole group of Moomer friends that he can come climb at the gym whenever he wants, and we also climb outside whenever we can.
1: What kind of feedback have you had from the people that attend on what they like about the club? Yeah, I think
0: most people have a positive feedback about it. It kind of varies. Sometimes we do drills and stuff, and a lot of boomers like that, but other ones just want to climb and just have one on one coaching and I kind of flex to what they like and of course there's three priorities for doing this. The first is to have fun, second is to make friends, and the third one is to climb better. And so they make friends their own age that climb and so it creates a good social group for people to have fun together and Mm -hmm. enjoy an activity that they like to do. Uh, so that's kind of been the feedback. There's been a few that didn't like the ba- the vibe and stopped coming, but I'd say overwhelming majority, once they, once they join, they keep coming and keep climbing.
1: Have you seen those social connections extend beyond the gym?
0: Yes, quite a bit. Uh, some of my oldest boomers, they formed a crew that climbs outside a lot but we have friends that are under 50 and they started coming out with the group and now there's a whole group with all ages that go climb almost every weekend together. So uh, it extends beyond the Boomers and a lot of them do stuff together outside of Boomers.
1: What have you learned by starting this club? For somebody else that might think about, maybe they're a climber themselves and they might think about doing an an older adult climbing class. Is there any advice that you have, or things that you've learned since you've been doing this for a few years? Well,
0: the advice is just have faith and stick with it, and listen to listen to what people are saying. You know, when when people are in their fifties, you know, we can get set in our ways and stuff like that, and just try to develop stuff and flex to what what they enjoy doing because. Like I said, the number one rule is to have fun. And I don't want to make it work. And i often tell climbers that, like, don't turn it into work. This is supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you aren't a sponsored athlete that's being paid by Black Diamond or some other company or doing this for fun. And so don't get too serious about it. Make sure you're always having
1: fun. I love that. Um, what would you tell maybe a gym owner that has a climbing gym and might be thinking about doing a class for older adults.
0: I would recommend it. I think the important thing for gyms is memberships, you know, rather than just people coming in. And all the boomers are members, so you have a steady group that's that's always coming in and helping you with your financial base. And we always talk about diversity. Well, there's diversity in age, and I think a lot of gyms focus mainly on younger people. But City Rock's been ownership and management's been very supportive of the boomers. It was one of the first programs they wanted to start back up after after we were done with all the covid stuff. So there's a lot of beamers who are still active or I shouldn't just say older people who are active and enjoy climbing. And it gives them a chance to like our boomers group, meet other climbers, uh, stay in shape, have fun. Mm To networks.
1: Yeah. Do you have any ideas on how climbing club, climbing gyms could make the gyms maybe a little more accessible or friendly to older adults? I don't know if you have any ideas around that. Um,
0: I, it, there is that kind of bias towards younger people, and I guess you just have a lot of think of the people in their fifties. A lot of people are retiring early, or they get into their sixties so they have a lot of time and it's a big potential market for uh, to to add to your your base of customers that come to your gym
1: yeah so i met you here it's like 11 o'clock and it seems like it would be typically an empty time for a gym but retired people are able to come in and utilize the space at that time so it seems like a good use of club space
0: yeah i think that was now that you say that i think that was one of their intentions was you know trying to spread the the load out a little bit Mm -hmm. from in the evenings city rock's very busy and it takes some of that load and it moves it down into the mornings when it's less crowded
1: arlo tell me how you got started climbing
0: okay i'm originally from wyoming and the i was in the boy scouts and they have a hike every summer called the mountain man hike and it's like about a 20 mile hike back into the wind or the range of Wyoming and so we hiked back in there and myself and one of my friends we scrambled up this third highest peak in Wyoming it's not technical climbing uh, and then based on that there were some other scouts who were just starting into rock climbing uh, just reading some of the books about how to do it And so we got together hooked up uh four of us and we all bought a little bit of gear and started rock climbing and no technical training so it's a wonder we didn't (laughs) kill ourselves (laughs) but we managed through uh, so that's how i got started in climbing my mom was hoping i would give it up but it stuck i got on it, really enjoyed it, and so for graduation from high school, my parents sent me to a climbing school in California called rock Craft, that was taught by the best rock climber in the world at the time, Royal Robbins, and when I came back, of course, I passed on what I learned to, to my friends.
1: Oh, wow, so 53 years you've been doing this. Yes. What were you doing as your full-time career before you were teaching at City Rock?
0: Um, I was a geophysicist. I lived for mobile oil for 22 years. And then I, I, I retired early. I retired at 44. So I could hike and climb more and ski more. And so that worked out. Um, and actually, I started in college in pre-med. But with all of my climbing and you're grabbing rocks all the time. Back then, there weren't climbing gyms just really got interested in the geology and started reading up about it. And then I was always good at math and physics. And so you combine geology and math and physics, you end up geophysics.
1: Mm -hmm, Very cool. So part of this podcast is to inspire people to pursue a job in something that's health fitness, physical activity related as a second act career. And sometimes it's surprising how the skills and experience we have in our corporate jobs can actually translate to something that seems maybe completely different. Have you found that any of your experience as a geophysicist, you've been able to repurpose as a rock climbing instructor?
0: Yes, well, I did a lot of, uh, I developed a lot of training classes for geophysicists. So I sort of have experience in adult education and you know how you, how you approach teaching adults, and so a lot of that came over. Plus, uh, I supervised people, so I have a lot of experience in just how to deal with people, how, you know, how to relate to them, mm-hmm. how to help them, how to have them solve problems. Uh, so all of that transferred over to being a coach. Too.
1: Yeah. You shared with me that training manual Uh, which was really interesting. And I didn't know if that was part of your corporate mind, putting that together and kind of having a real structure on how people can progress themselves through climbing. Um,
0: So there's a part of my history that I need to get into. And when I retired from Mobile, I moved to Jackson Hole, and they had an advertisement in the newspaper to join Teton, to interview and potentially Get accepted on Teton County Search and Rescue, so I applied for that and got uh, accepted to the team. And they were looking for a new training director, and so after two years on the team, I got voted in as uh, deputy director and training director of SAR. So that that also transferred over to coaching here because I was literally t- teaching um, adults outdoor. Skills such as ropes climbing, backcountry skiing, snowmobiling, swiftwater rescue, caves—we had to have skills in all those areas for some of the callouts that we had in Teton County. At the
1: time. Now that you're teaching climbing, what do you love most about it?
0: You know that it's the it's the social network first of all, and then I love watching people succeed. I love I love watching people try something hard and succeeding, or at least just trying it. We shouldn't let ourselves be limited and you shouldn't be afraid to try something. And so when I see people try try a hard climb and and a lot of times they end up succeeding, uh, that's very rewarding to me. And then watching people that I've coached progress you know, from doing very easy climbs to now they're doing pretty hard climbs, I I always have a big grin when I see that happen.
1: I was really inspired watching two ladies climb up. They struggled. There was a point where they were struggling, they kind of had to adapt, reposition themselves with your coaching, but you could tell it was hard, but they kept going. And I think we miss seeing that. I think we miss seeing people struggle. and sometimes take a break, pause, reset, and go again. And a lot of times, just in general, I, I feel like people are always seeking comfort more than the struggle. That was really inspiring to see, to see that with your participants. Do you have any favorite participant stories?
0: I would say so. There was one woman I was coaching, and she didn't want to stand on little footholds. And so I worked with her, did some drills with her, and now she's climbing very hard climbs and standing on tiny little footholds. You know, I'm very proud of her accomplishment.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you ever find it looks like you're reflecting on that? You,
0: um, I was trying to think of another story. Well, I'll tell you this other story. Okay. So a few years back, um, Boomer's Night hit on Halloween. And so I dressed up as a hippies climber from the 70s. And I had a long blonde hair wig like I used to have. And I had rose-colored glasses. I had a, I had a tie-dye t-shirt. And I actually hooked some really old climbing gear on my harness and I, and I came in. And several of the boomers didn't recognize me at the time. <laughs> And one of the people who works at the front desk said, it took me two hours to realize it was you. <laughs> so that's kind of a funny story to you.
1: Yeah, if you have a picture of that, I would, <laughs> I would love to see that. That sounds fun. Because I think that, I know at least for me, the things that I do in the gym, build your confidence because maybe you lift weight you never lifted before. You do this thing that you physically couldn't do, but now you trained and now you can physically do this thing that you thought you couldn't do. I think it translates to things that happen outside the gym. I don't know if you've ever seen that happen where, like the lady you talked about, like it built her confidence that she can now do this thing that seemed, maybe at some point, impossible to her. I don't know if you've ever heard member stories about how that's translated outside of climbing or outside the gym.
0: I don't know. Probably not because since the boomers are older people, they've been through a career, Mm -hmm. marriage, families, they all have a pretty high confidence level. Now, some of the climbs are intimidating for them and I encourage them to, instead of trying them, I call it give them a taste. And I've noticed several of my boomers that were reluctant to, to try harder stuff but now they're trying it all the time, so.
1: That's great. So any other advice that you'd give to somebody that, maybe like yourself, they've been climbing for years and they're thinking about maybe starting a 50 plus climbing club mm-hmm. we haven't already touched on that you would recommend?
0: In Colorado Springs called a meetup group and there's like a meetup app. Mm-hmm. And people used to, used to do that and myself and you know, a friend of mine used to kind of sponsor out, outings for that. Mm-hmm. The problem was people would misrepresent what their actual skill level was and so there was a factor of danger there where they really didn't know how how to belay so i would just say that might be a way to start but you where make sure people have the skills that they say they have uh, you know especially with climbing with belaying and stuff like that uh, and that's been a good thing about boomers is now with boomers, anybody who comes to climb or climb outside, you know, you know what their skill level is, and that they they can safely play and climb and that kind of stuff.
1: Do you have any recommendations generally about climbing? If somebody's thinking of climbing for the first time, do you have any recommendations for how they might want to start?
0: Yeah, I I would say take an introductory course, and obviously here in at City Law uh, we have an introductory course and you get a two to three hours of instruction that gives you kind of the basics and then you get a you get a month's membership so you can come in as much as you want during the membership and then if you like it then you can extend your membership and you keep coming.
1: This has been great, Arlo. Is there anything else that you'd want to add that we haven't touched on or anything else that you want to talk about in regards to the problem? Um I just, I just
0: want to reiterate how supportive the ownership of City Rock and the managers have been for the Boomers group, and, uh, and they, they really support our older climbing group, and they enjoy interacting with us, and we enjoy interacting with them.
1: How does that support show up? They're giving you time, giving you space?
0: Well, they, they gave, uh, they developed this program in the, in the first, mm-hmm. and they do stuff like when boomers are here, they, they put on a playlist for music f- from the 70s for us. <laughs> uh, and the setters, occasionally I'll talk with the setters that put up the routes, and they'll set routes specifically for us. Which uh, is useful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure you're inspiring people to continue this as a lifelong sport. I don't know if you've ever heard any feedback from the younger climbers than when they see people decades older than them climbing, have you heard that's inspired them? Uh,
0: when I first moved to Colorado Springs, I saw the meetup group and I went out with the meetup group and One of the people that was on the meetup group, and it was, it's kind of a a lot of younger people at the time, um, he said when he's 60, he wants to be climbing a route rated 5'6", and the guy who sponsored the meetup group, see that Arlo guy over there that just climbed the 5'10"? He's 64 years old. (laughs) And so the younger person went, oh, geez, I'm going to have to raise my standard by quite a bit.
1: (laughs) I love that. It's letting younger people reimagine what's possible. I think that's really inspiring. Yeah,
0: you know, you should always live your life. As As we age, our bodies deteriorate. We don't have the strength we have, but you still have a life to live. And live it and try to make it as enjoyable as you can and try to have as many friends as you can to help you enjoy your life.
1: Okay, yeah. I love that. That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Arlo, again, for your time. This has been really fun to see your participants and all that you're doing here. They inspired me, that's for sure. So, okay, great. It's been really looking fun.
0: forward to showing you the ropes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay. If you're interested in becoming a fitness professional, the Functional Aging Institute is the go-to source for training mature clients by providing fitness professionals with the most current, up-to-date, and forward-thinking techniques and strategies. They offer certifications, videos, seminars, and on-site workshops. FAI is mentioned in almost every podcast episode to date. In the show description, there's a link to get 20% off the group exercise and functional aging specialist certification. Want to connect with guests on this podcast? Join the Second Act Fit Pros LinkedIn group. The group was created to connect aspiring health and fitness professionals to those currently working in the field. If you're interested in exploring a Second Act career in health and fitness, sign up for the Second Act Fit Pros newsletter. I provide information on online events I host on how to become a health and fitness professional and opportunities to connect with others embarking on their Second Act career in health and fitness. A link to sign up for the newsletter, the LinkedIn group, and the FAI discount can all be found in the show description.